0: When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there, is, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner, just one, who repents than over 99 righteous persons over one sinner who repents. Let us pray. O oh, gracious and our oh, wise God, holy God, we thank you for this day. We, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place and to celebrate, Lord God, a church anniversary. But we celebrate not ourselves, but the goodness of God that has allowed us to be here, to continue to serve. So now, oh God, help us, help me. Help me to preach and your people to hear. And then, God, by your Holy Spirit, help us to go out into the world so that your name might be praised and your son glorified and your kingdom on earth advanced. And we pray this prayer in the sweet, sweet name of the living God. And we say it's sweet because we have tasted and know that he is good. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, <clears throat> and amen. Well, I, I think you might get the theme a little bit for the day, huh? Have you ever been lost? I, I mean, really lost. Not, not kind of, sort of lost. Like when you just need to get your bearings there's a sister here, um, and Audrey, I will say her name, it's okay, but I told Audrey like when I first got here that I wouldn't always use my GPS and she looked at me and she goes, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? I said, well, it's okay if I get lost because it's not, you know, I wanna learn my way around. She's like, just just use the GPS. I said, but you know, I'm not really, really lost. If I get back to Church Street, I know, you know, I can figure it out. If I get back to St. John, I'm good. But I'm just kind of sort of lost. And once I get my bearings, I'm good. Sometimes when you listen to that GPS and you're going, you are go left when it really wanted you to go right, and you just got to turn around, that's just sort of kind of lost. But the loss that I'm referring to is where you do not know where you are. You're not certain how you got there. And consequently, you don't know how to get back. You don't know how to get back to where you began. You don't know how to get to where you need to be or even should be. And you're not even sure where you want to be. All you know is that you're lost. One time, my husband and I were with his parents, and his, his home church is Fisher's Chapel, and they were having a special anniversary, some kind of little family, a dinner. And it was in Savannah, right? And we had the address. So we thought, and we put it in that GPS, and we are down this dark road that's got it, y'all. And um, his mother said, Oh, there's a lighter. I said, Don't you get out of that car. We don't know. I mean, it was a little scary, it was a little sketchy. And I'm like, We are not where we should be. Now, that time, we were really lost. And here Jesus is talking, and The reality is I don't think people intend to get lost. We didn't start out getting lost. We we got one number wrong in the address. (laughs) We didn't mean to get lost. The truth is that sometimes life just happens and you can end up in a place where you didn't intend to be or want to be. You're just lost. And it is this kind of lostness, if you will, that Jesus' parable addresses. And it is, and he also wants us to know how God responds to the lost. Jesus begins by asking those who are critical of him. And they're they're distant Jesus because he is eating with them. And, and not just and he's welcoming them, he wants to be with them. Right? So Jesus poses this question, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost? I can't help but think Jesus is being a little rhetorical here. Because who in their right mind would leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness no less, but leave the ninety-nine to go after one? Really? Really? I believe that most of us would do a bit of a cost-benefit analysis and probably say, oh well, about the one that got away, right? Oh well, that, he was pretty stupid. He should have stayed with all the others. Why did you why did he do that? I don't know And we would have just accept our loss and that we would say, well, we still got 99. Why not focus? our attention on those who had enough sense to stay, to not get lost. Isn't that the position, if you read the rest of that story about the prodigal son, isn't that the position of the elder son? What you paying attention to the younger for one from? I'm the one that stayed here. But as one commentator said, sheep technically aren't very bright. They scare easily, and they have a knack, actually, for getting lost. That's why they need a shepherd. They can simply nibble themselves astray, looking for greener and greener grass. Their appetite gets the better of them until they find themselves lost and that they're no longer part of the fold. They didn't mean to get lost. Their appetites got the better of them. How often have we witnessed those we love or know going astray? And we all know somebody. You know how we say, so-and-so was a good kid. They grew up in the church. They come from good homes. They had active and supportive parents. And the parents did everything they could. They did everything right. But still, they went astray. I mean, it's so easy to be led astray. It's so easy to become lost. Although most of us have not fallen to the depths of homelessness, poverty, or addiction, but many of us have lost our way into relationships that offered more hurt than love. Into jobs that leave us depleted and feeling diminished and disappointed into thinking that we're not good enough or as deserving as others that's lost too and then there's the story of the coin right Jesus does the same setup coins get lost so easily they slip out of a pocket you you know you're you're pulling change out of your pocket and and some foot just falls on the ground Sometimes they fall into a crevice, right? They can fall in between the cushions. Have you ever cleaned out your sofa? And like you got enough to buy a cup of coffee sometimes. Or some for us, ladies, the bottom of our purse, right? And sometimes the lining in our handbags will tear, and if we shake the pocketbook, we can even hear the rattling of the coins. We didn't know they were there, they just got lost. I have found coins on the sidewalk, have you? And I'm not talking about pennies. I have found quarters and dimes and nickels. Well, they, they belong to somebody, not me. I picked them up, mind you. They were lost and then they were found by me. But they were lost. Coins are not lost on purpose. It's not as if you have decided, some people have decided that they're going to be the Johnny Appleseed of coins and go around sprinkling coins on the ground. Coins are not lost on purpose, and sometimes we don't even know that we've lost them. And even if we do, it doesn't mean we'll look for them. You have dropped a coin paying the cashier, and they'll say, oh, let me get it. You go, no, I don't worry about it. You don't go looking for it. It's just that easy to get lost. People get lost like this, you know. Sometimes life's events just take you away and you end up in some corner, some crevice, some hard place. Sometimes it is an event or a person, maybe a boss, a teacher, or a coach, even a parent who mishandles you and drops you. and you feel discarded and forgotten. And you realize or or you think no one is looking for you. And if no one is looking for you, do you matter? I know that coins were valuable and rare in the ancient world, and they were given as gifts. And sometimes when you see pictures, the, the women have coins adorning their scarves and around their heads, right? And the loss of just one coin was pretty significant for this woman, I suppose. But can you see her? I imagine in this story that she is turning the house upside down, right? Right? looking for this one coin. I imagine that she has moved the furniture and maybe she's even moved some of the furniture outside in order to get a good sweep. Because you know if you're trying to sweep, you got to move the furniture if you want to sweep really, really good, right? She's sweeping and looking and she lights the candle, she gets a lamp, then looks in all the corners for this one coin. She is going through a lot of effort for just this one coin. Jesus' question and the parable that he tells gives us a glimpse, first and foremost, into the radical love and relentless seeking of God for those who are lost. For us. What does it mean to imagine God like a woman on her hands and knees sweeping the floor, looking and looking desperately, intently for her lost coin? Or the shepherd leaving the 99, the 99, pretty much the whole flock for one, for just one sheep. And even though the sheep is lost, Here's the kicker, it still belongs to the shepherd. Y'all, even when people get lost, they still belong to God. Even if people misbehave and they get locked up, they still belong to God. Doesn't change who they are, or who they are to God. We all matter just that much to God. Oh, thanks be to God. I was reading and there was this family, they were all on one of those vacations. I don't really go camping. I have been, it's not something I do regularly. I can never get enough rocks or whatever out of the way to sleep comfortably on that, on, in that uh, sleeping bag. There's always one little rock that bothers me all night long. But a child got missing and the other campers are searching and searching and it's starting to get dark and the parents, you can imagine the fear. But one of the searchers hears a little whimper under a bush and there she is. Well, as you can imagine, the mom and dad, dad just picks her up and they go home and they clean her up She's seven, tucks her in bed, kisses her goodnight, and at the door she goes, Daddy, I bet you're glad you found me. And he said, you have no idea just how much. Aren't you glad you were found? Don't you wanna look at the father and say, Daddy, I, I bet you're glad you found me. I wonder today, are you really glad that you're found? Or did you forget that once you were lost? Sometimes we seem to forget that one time we were lost, that's why I want you to wear that name tag and look in the mirror and say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And once I was found, all of heaven broke out in a party. A party. Okay, so when people say Christians don't party, you say, I think the heavens, if God is partying and the angels are partying, we can party. We can celebrate. Make no mistake about it. In telling these parables, Jesus was speaking to the lost of his day, but not all the lost were the obvious sinners. Those who just can't seem to get it right. You know how we talk about them. Those who live in ways that that destroy their souls and and diminish their spirits. Because I want you to see that the coin got lost in the house. There are people who are lost sitting on pews. Just as lost as they wanna be, but they're in the house. Friends, Most of us know someone who is lost, someone who fell through the cracks, whose appetites have led them astray, and and God does not call call us to judge them, but love them and to go looking for them. The question is, are we going to follow Jesus into the world? Are we going to follow Jesus out into the world or are we just going to stay in our sanctified sanctuaries, all safe, hanging out with the other 99? Will we extend the effort and engage in the risky work of seeking the lost and of building real relationships with them or will we just sit and wait for those who are lost to come to us? What if they can't find their way back? What if they don't have a good GPS? They'll need someone to guide them, to show them the way. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If we have said yes to following Christ, then we follow Christ not to the cross, but to the valleys, to the corners, to the schools, to wherever God sends us. And we do it joyfully. We are so thankful for the opportunity because once I was lost, but now I'm found. And I want other people to know the love of God and that God is looking for them and has not forgotten about them, that they matter so much to God, just the one. follow Christ, how will they know they're loved? How will they know that it's, you can always come back, right? Grace won't let you go. How will they know that they're good enough, that they're, that they're worthy, that, they, that there's nothing that they can do or have ever done that God won't love them unless we show them, unless we lead them and love them? We need to remember that, that Jesus Jesus, Jesus is not willing to write anyone, anyone off. I know that sometimes we want to write people off. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll never change. But it doesn't mean I can't keep loving you and praying for you and believing the best for you my home church um we started this program called the manna station and you think you're doing one thing but sometimes god is doing all of this, something else so anyway you just kind of go with god and every it was the first saturday of the month we would feed the hungry and the homeless we would just put out a banner anybody hungry and homeless you just come on in well needless to say a lot of the homeless it's a downtown church a lot of them would come right and they would come they got to know our names <laughs> and one Home, one person just, just decided he loved us, and <laughs> he, was, he was just going to be with us, Anthony. Anthony has passed on now. Anthony would tell you he's, you know, Anthony would try and help us. He said, now, nah, see, those people, they don't really want to change. <laughs> and we're like, Anthony, you don't really want to change either, right? Anthony had an addiction. Anthony was homeless. But he joined the church. One time, he got kicked out of the um, Oliver Gospel Mission residency because he was still using drugs. <laughs> and so he, uh, my, our pastor, my pastor there now is Tiffany, and he called papa, Mama Tiffany. Now, he's older than Tiffany. And he's lived in um, like a little back room, um, a little storage facility on the back of the Gadsden Building, the administrative building, for a while. Oh, we kept trying to get him a place to stay. Eh, he'd get it, and he wouldn't stay. <laughs> and we were like, Anthony. But if we had uh, work to do around the church, he was always there. I, I, I bet you want to hear the, the magic story that, that, he, that he, re, he repented, he got clean, he wasn't homeless. We eventually, as he started declining health, got him a place to stay. But you know what the deal was? We changed. <laughs> We grew. We just loved Anthony the way he was. We didn't say we will love you and help you if you changed. There was no quid pro quo. We grew just to love Anthony. That's it. And it changed us, and I believe it changed him. (laughs) Maybe he didn't, maybe he wasn't totally clean from the drugs. But he was totally clean in his heart. He knew he was loved and that he was worthy of it, of God's love. God doesn't write anybody off, y'all. Being a disciple means that we get to join Jesus. Yes, we get to join Jesus in this great redemptive work, a work that was worked in our lives because we remember that once I was lost, once I was lost, say it again, once I was lost, but now, but now I'm found. And I don't want anybody else to be lost. Last story before I sit down. This past Wednesday, Reverend Wilson invited me, not the first time, to pray, they invite people to pray in Cleveland Academy. Okay, we don't pray with the kids, but they let us walk the halls. You know, and that's, that's my speed, right? Walking the halls and praying. The principal showed us the years of unsatisfactory and below performance. But last year, th- he didn't say exactly what they, the report, report card, they're going to have a celebration, but they did really well last year. But the teachers, they got to start all over again. Because the population is so transient. Particularly the fifth grade, it's like 70%. So they, they can do a great work for a year, but you might not be there. They get a whole other group, and they got to start all over again. And the teachers can get a little, a little hopeless, but they stay at it. There wasn't very many of us to walk the halls to pray. In number and us. And yet most of the children there are black and brown. Do you think, really, that God doesn't care about the kids and the North side? There were so few of us to walk in and pray, but I'm walking in the halls praying and crying, of course, because all I can hear is my mother and, and yelling in my ears, Sheila, what about the children? What about the children? And I say, but mommy, there's not enough people. But in my mind, what I want to see is enough people to actually surround that school praying and that the children will look out at the window and will ask their teacher, why are all those people Surrounding this school praying. What are they doing? And the teachers will say they are praying for us. Friends, I hope you are ready to go. To do this. To be disciples. Because once we were lost, but now we're found. Amen. Amen. and amen.